Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Many believe what they do and how they live is because of what they receive from their parents, their schooling, environment, or they developed it on their own and that's what fills their life experience spice bag. But what if it's not all of that? What you'll hear today is something you can only get from God because it's part of God and God is the giver of it. Now you can try to get it and try to live a life you think is it, yet still have an emptiness leaving you unfulfilled because that ain't it. You can watch for it, hear of it, think of it, but you certainly can't buy it. The truth is, you'll never have it because the place for it is not for you to fill because it's reserved for the Creator. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life, the Spirit of God. Now I know there are many that fall on different sides of the discussion about the Spirit of God. However, this Godcast is going to focus on what God says. It's as simple as that. You know, the pure milk of the word. I pray as you continue to listen to Diving Deep with DL, you'll begin to look at God's word for just what it is, God's word. God's word is living and active. That's your Hebrews 4.12 in action. And God has written it to you so you can learn of their love, ways, truth, commands, purpose, plan, faithfulness, forgiveness, mercy, grace, and power, just to name a few. And God desires for you to grow in your knowledge and understanding of who they are and apply their word and truths to your life as you walk in this dark and wicked world as a disciple of Jesus. Coming off the last Godcast titled It's All About Love, you'll have heard that love is one of the most important defining factors and living out the love of God. And then and only then will all humanity know that you are a disciple of Jesus. And I pray you believe all of what Jesus says in his living word. Amen. Now, just heading right into the one, and that's with a capital O, that many overlook, ignore, disregard, or misunderstand, which are the basic characteristics of God's attributes, nature, intentions, and will. And that, my fellow disciples, is God the Holy Spirit. Yes, you heard it correctly, God the Holy Spirit. Now, God the Holy Spirit was mentioned very early in God's Word, and that was Genesis 1-2, immediately following in the beginning. And God the Holy Spirit is mentioned all throughout God's Word. And all throughout God's Word, the Spirit of God had been doing a tremendous amount of work. Just so you know, God the Holy Spirit completes all the work of God in and through His creation. Yet today, in the ecumenical community, you may hear him mentioned and that God may move in certain seasons. Yes, he moves, but not just in certain seasons, because seasons only apply in nature. Whereas God the Holy Spirit's work impacts humanity because his life and work impacts all facets of every disciple of Jesus' everyday life. And it's not just a matter of if it's hot, cold, summer, winter, fall, or spring. You are to live out your spirituality as a discipleship, excuse me, as a disciple of Jesus, which is your discipleship, more than just any given season. You are called to this way of life, and if you only live that life seasonally, 
You could find yourself missing out on the phenomenal work of God being carried out in and through your life and in the lives of others. What do you think Philippians 2.13 really means? This is what it says. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, where does God say in the fall, spring, summer, and winter? No, God is working, as we would say in our vernacular, 24-7. Now, the simple truth, the Spirit of God is God the Holy Spirit. Now, in our current existence, we cannot fully understand God because God is infinite and humanity is finite. But you gotta know and believe God is three coexistent and co-eternal persons with a capital P. Their perfection is everlasting and they exist independently of each other and do not need any outside help to satisfy their needs, emotions, desires, or plans as they exist as one. And it's out of pure love for each other and for you, my fellow disciple, that they perform their work in and through you. Listen to what God said through his disciple Moses in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And Jesus again confirms what was said to Moses and repeats it himself in Mark 12:29. Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So, in other words, when you hear of God the Father, one, God the Son, one with the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, one with the Father and the Son, and they are one with Him, all exist as one. They work in unity, love, and wisdom. They are omnipresent. They are all present everywhere. Omnipotent, they have unlimited power. And omniscient, they are all-knowing. Your proof? Listen to Genesis 1.26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, I don't know about you, but the words us and our mean us and our. Because God could have said, I will make man according to my. But he didn't. He said, us and our. So, when you say us and our, don't you mean more than yourself? So, my first question of the day is, are you living by Matthew 4, 4? I will give you one more fact, and then we'll move on past the surface. Amen? Do you remember your calling and response to Jesus' command in the Great Commission? Jesus said through his disciple Matthew in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In other words, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of us. There you have it. God the Holy Spirit is part of us, and that's with a capital U. Therefore, if you're going to live on every word of God, then God the Holy Spirit is God. And God the Holy Spirit is omniscient. He has his own mind and his own will. Listen to God's truth through the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 
God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders, and by various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. God the Holy Spirit knows Jesus' disciples desperately need the power from him to move, to disciple, and to carry out the Father's will in and through their own lives. The Spirit of God is the power. You will need power over sin. You cannot fight relentlessness of sin in your own power. If the truth be known, you are powerless against your own sin without the power of God the Holy Spirit. No power you'll continue in the bondage and captivity and remain a slave to the sin and the devil. Can you admit you are powerless? Or are you deceiving yourself to believe something other than that truth? You can try to fight and live your life on your own power. Yeah, you'll have some abilities. And yeah, you may experience some triumphs using your own power. But at the end of the day, you will see your power is insignificant and totally useless when it comes to the devil's assaults and the spiritual wickedness compared to God's power. Have you yet to learn that in order to experience spiritual victory against your own sinful nature, for goodness sakes, you will need more than your own power that has failed you numerous times? Stop counting on your own strength to fight your flesh because you're going to need the Spirit of God to provide you with the power to live a victorious spiritual and physical life. Amen? I mean the battles that are fought between the flesh and the Spirit are going on and will be going on until your last breath on this planet. Listen to God's truth spoken through God's disciple Paul to the disciples in Galatia. It's Galatians 5.17. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. What do tell are the things that you please? Please tell me. That would be immorality, deceptiveness, unfaithfulness, abusive speech, anger, hypocrisy, and unforgiveness. Do I need to go on? It's a refusal of the actions that are opposed to the truth of God. Your flesh will continue to try to control the way you live, and sin is seeping out of you like a blanket saturated with water. You will need God's strength, might, power, and spirit to resist the devil and his attacks, the sinful influences of your own sinful nature, and the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I will ask you again, as I've said over numerous Godcasts, look around you. What do you see? Nobody's saying, but I'll ask. Do you see predominantly good or predominantly evil? Do you see love or hate? Is there unity among people groups or division? Is there order or chaos? What do the stats say about marriage as God ordained it? And what is the divorce rate? Which is on the rise? Morality or immorality with sensuality with all sorts of seductiveness and sexual promiscuity just about on every channel. How about greed? And that's just here in our immediate proximity. What about in the world? Do you see nation against nation? How about earthquakes in various places? Is there famine and genocide? Is there freedom or oppression, tyranny, discrimination and human trafficking? 
and in all of humanity. Do you see idolatry, lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, abuse, disobedience to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving people, irreconcilable differences between races, malicious gossips from various sources, scandals, those with no self-control, violence, brutality, and haters of the only true God and Jesus Christ and whatever they say is good? Believe me, I am testifying in the Spirit and to the truth. See it like this. I don't care what kind of light bulb you purchase. If it isn't connected to power, it's worthless. Today, everybody's saying you must have LED bulbs, but I will testify, without a power source, that LED bulb is useless too. That's the plain old truth. The LED bulb is only useful to the possessor of it if the LED bulb is plugged into the power source. You can possess an LED bulb that has 10 million lumens and see it from here to kingdom come. But if it's not plugged in, it's totally ineffective because the darkness that's in the bulb and surrounding it is totally consuming it. So, I want you to look at humanity like this. If the being is not filled with God the Holy Spirit's existence and his power being generated through that being, then that being is darkness and the darkness that's surrounding it is consuming and overpowering it. Let me say that again. If the being is not filled with God the Holy Spirit's existence and his power being generated through that being, then that being is darkness and the darkness that's surrounding it is consuming and overpowering it. Believe that. Because when the God of this world is blinding the minds of the unbelieving, his greatest mechanism is darkness. Here's a truth of God, and it comes from 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. You know, isn't it interesting what Jesus said as to know his disciples should live is also a 4-4 verse? That would be Matthew 4-4. Check it out and compare it the two and see if you see the NGA there. Think it's just a coincidence? I don't think so. Do you? Because based on the pure truth and applying NGA, you'll either serve God and live out his commands or Satan and live out his. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Pure milk of the word might not see the light. Well... They must be in darkness, correct? And God says might not, because he knows his disciples are bringing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ with them as they journey through this world with evil running amok. And you must know that nothing else will save them. No other way or technique, process, mode, or system. It's purely the work of God the Holy Spirit. Listen to this truth. Jesus had just left after feeding over 5,000 people. He was in Capernaum. He was asked a question. What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? And Jesus' answer was very profound. He said, This is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. You hear the pure milk of the, excuse me, you hear the pure milk of the word? This is the work of God that you believe. 
So as a disciple of Jesus, you should welcome questions because you have the ultimate teacher residing in you. You must be willing to do whatever God asks of you if you're proclaiming to be his disciple. And you must believe in totality what God says and that all of his words, not just the ones you choose, that all of them, and that's your Matthew 4, 4 coming alive in you. Amen. God's salvation work transforms your soul as he quickens it as God the Holy Spirit works in you. And you then begin your labor of love in and for him. So, are you bringing the light of the gospel with you? Or are you just a bulb unattached to the power source? By the way, listen to this. Doesn't the light from the LED come from inside of the glass? So does the light of Jesus come from inside his disciples? By the light that's generated by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. Then that would be the same, yes? Hmm. You see the current? Now, a truth you can, or better yet, must believe that for salvation to come to your tent, you must have a new spirit, and God supernaturally gives you a new spirit, and then he puts his spirit in you. And now God the Holy Spirit indwells in your new spirit. Praise God! Let me first say, before I read this wonderful passage of God, if you believe that God's word only applied to those people back there, then that may be a sign of unbelief because God must have changed because he only did it back then. Am I correct if that's your position? And if back then, that would mean he doesn't do it today because that's in the Old Testament, right? Well, then you're saying that God's word is not living because it only happened then and doesn't happen today. So it's dead, right? Because you only have living or dead. NGA? Listen to what God said through his disciple Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. As a disciple of Jesus, in order to walk in this newness of life, you must be made a new creature. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17 coming alive in you. And when you are made into a new creature, you are born again from above. And immediately, God the Holy Spirit performs his spiritual surgery in your being and commences to begin his work in and through your life as a disciple of Jesus. Amen? When God does this amazing spiritual work in your life, you immediately become a participant with God as his divine nature is now alive in you through his indwelling spirit. And you cannot buy, steal it, or get it on your own because it's God's and he's the provider of it. Jesus said through his disciple John in John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, 
I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This mighty work of God in your life does not result from any perception, insight, or good judgment you may possess but for only through God's love, grace, mercy, power, and authority does he influence and inspire your new heart. Your nature changes, and the sin that held you bound by deception, illusions, and schemes of the devil have lost its influence, control, and power over you. Praise God. Can I get an amen for the work of God in the lives of his disciples? So, if John 3, 5 said that, then what God's saying in John 3, 6, it says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. It sounds like to me that God is using NGA, does it not? Those re that remain in the fleshly living of their life, which means the will of the flesh has its way with them. Their deeds and desires are adverse to God's word, truths, and the Holy Spirit's prompting and teachings. This is where you see their actions, which is their behavior, a life controlled by the being's flesh. And those behaviors are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, trouble, conflict, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, and carousing as God said through his disciple Paul in Galatians 5. So, I will ask, how can someone that is flesh live in union with God who is spirit? The short honest answer is, you can't. God will never force anyone to walk in his statutes, but God, through love, supernaturally removes your insensitive, stubborn, recalcitrant heart of stone and replaces it with a heart that's impressionable, compliant, and sensitive. You see the internal and external supernatural changes that begin the journey of your new life as a disciple of Jesus. You now possess spiritual senses that you did not have before, and God the Holy Spirit begins training you on the truth of God, and you become cognizant to what you once thought was good, and now can recognize the evil that is cloaked in a darkness that once was you. You find yourself obeying, observing, and submitting to everything pertaining to God's word, will, and commands, and his truths, and by God the Holy Spirit's power, you begin to live out and do the will of the Father. You are now demonstrating your love for God by keeping Jesus' commands. John 14 is titled, The Role of the Spirit. This portion of God's word pertains to God the Holy Spirit. It begins in verse 16. Now listen to this incredible promise of God. Jesus says through his disciple John in John 14, 16, and 17, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he will be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. As the commander on a naval vessel says, Now hear this, now hear this. First, you are a disciple of Jesus. You have God asking 
to send you personally because Jesus knows the richness and the phenomenally wonderful work and that my fellow disciples is God the Holy Spirit and the reason he knows is because they are one Jesus knows that when the Spirit of God is at work he's the best at what he does just like the father is the best at what he does and the son at what he does so as your helper I will read to you a short bit as to how the helper helps just bear with me for a few more moments and I promise it will bless and encourage you secondly we need the Spirit's occupation now, and apparently we will need him forever. What a blessing that God will be in you forever, and that is and will be truth. Just like the Father is truth, and so is the Son. You also, my fellow disciple, becoming a partaker, become truth. So, a new intrinsic trait in you that you did not have before as a disciple of Jesus is the occupation of truth. That should be one thing for certain. Those who know you intimately and how your life was once full of lies and deception, known or unknown, now truth permeates your entire being. Amen? And you should feel peculiar as a person set apart from the world by God himself. And if you see the word peculiar in the wrong context, which would be an association to man's wisdom and a deception of the devil, then you will be deceived to believe that you are odd or unusual. But know this, that's not how God sees you as his own odd or unusual. No, you are a possessor of his spirit because the word of God says cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So that makes you peculiar because you are an heir of the only true God's promise of eternal life. Amen. Jesus knows God the Father is faithful to send his spirit to do his will and work in a spiritual way and means that will happen inside of your being. It will be an unseen process for those that could be sleeping right next to you. However, that person should be able to recognize and experience notable, noticeable, excuse me, noticeable changes in your conduct, behavior, speech, your likes and dislikes, and that change goes on forever, my fellow disciples. I once heard a pastor say this when he was asked, Is that man right there a Christian? His response was brief and concise, and this is what he said. Ask me next year. I believe the pastor was saying, you can ask me next year, and a year after that, and a year after that, and on and on, and my answer will be the same. Because as a disciple of Jesus, your sanctification as his disciple is an on and on and on development from now until eternity, and then on from there. So, knowing this truth, it does make me wonder why people do not read, study, and meditate on God's Word. Could it mean that they only enjoy the fellowship, the koinonia, of other God-fearing people, and to be in association with them is good, and it makes them feel good about themselves to be in such company? But the truth be known, they are being deceived and falling for the illusions and deception of the devil that to be in association with 
other disciples of Jesus makes them a disciple. Therefore, they never really know of the plethora of promises and the commands that Jesus has made to his disciples. So they totally miss the hope we have as his disciple. As we endure and persevere through the tribulations and the various trials we face on our journey to the narrow gate. Now, just looking at the pure milk of the word, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will come from the Father and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Do you trust in Jesus' promises? And remember my saying, when God says all, he means all. God, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things. The question I have for you today is, what kind of student are you? I would love to tell you of a few of God's promises. I'll give the book chapter and verse so you can find them to read, study, and meditate on. The first one is John 6.63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. See, Jesus confirms his words are alive, or he wouldn't use the words spoken, are life. They're not dead, as some are deceived to believe. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Mark 13, 11. When they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So, does that mean you will either worship the devil in your flesh or worship God in the spirit? It's got to be one or the other. NGA, right? As I told you earlier, I will share with you something personal and surely is a blessing of God the Holy Spirit in and through my life. Believe that. And what I'll share is an excerpt from my book titled, Walking the Way, Discipling Everywhere with a Fresh Set of Eyes. I put a link for the book in the episode summary for you. If you would like to get a copy for yourself, great. Or get it for someone that may need to hear how God can take a garbage can like me, make it new, and turn that garbage can into a cup of living water. Before I do, several people have asked me over the years, so... What's your favorite segment? And I tell them every time, it's God the Holy Spirit. And the reason is because God inspired not only me, but also my spouse who wrote the foreword of the book. So, on page 105 is the following segment I'm going to read to you in God the Holy Spirit. The section is titled, The Possessor of the Power. In our Christian culture today, there is a person who does not seem to get the adoration he is so deserving for all the work he performs in every disciple. First, you must know and believe he is God. As God, he 
helps, seals, guards, counsels, grants salvation, guides, intercedes, regenerates, baptizes, convicts, provides power, reveals, indwells, advocates, sanctifies, comforts, witnesses, inspires, testifies, gives gifts, and teaches. This person is God the Holy Spirit. Biblically, without God the Holy Spirit living and working in you, you are not saved and incapable of possessing the evidence of his work and entering the kingdom of God. So, I hope you uh, get a copy. You will need the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to be victorious against the schemes of the devil, the evil and sin that resides in your sinful nature, and the spiritual wickedness that lurks in the shadows of this world. Please know and understand, even Jesus was led by the God, the Holy Spirit, when he was walking in his humanity. This truth is in Matthew 4, 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. As a disciple of Jesus, you will need to walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. That's your Galatians 5:16 alive in you. You have a wonderful opportunity to grow in your spirituality by living by the Spirit, as God commands us to do in Galatians 5.25. As we head back up, take this with you. Remember, God the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, always present, existing everywhere, omnipotent, unlimited power, and omniscient, all-knowing. Wouldn't it make good sense to listen to him and follow his teaching and prompting? So, if Jesus says it's the Spirit that gives life, then maybe we should be looking to the Spirit for the life that he can bring to us today. Amen? Galatians 6, 8 For the one who sows to his own flesh from the flesh will reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. What are you doing and where are you going to sow after today? Luke 11.13 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So, have you asked God for the Holy Spirit? In order to be sons of God, you must be led by the Spirit. You will find this truth in Romans 8.14. Living in and by the desires of your flesh is detrimental to the will and work of God in and through your life that is directed by the Holy Spirit. You heard earlier what Jesus said in John 3.5 that unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You must believe and understand this truth of what Jesus says, since he will be the one that judges and determines and the allowance into the kingdom of God. And lastly, I would like to read Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And the pure milk of the word, 
It is the power of God for salvation. I pray after today you understand more than you may have ever understood about God the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and I thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God the Holy Spirit, thank you for all that you have accomplished since the earth was formless and void and you were moving over the surface of the waters. I am totally humbled by the work you have executed and accomplished in and through my life. Your inspiration is unparalleled, and there is nothing or no one that could provide the depth of wisdom, the expanse of knowledge, and the breadth of understanding, and the irreplaceable insight to the truth of God's living word. I know it's your power moving within my being move inside of theirs and make them the disciples you desire for them to be help us as the helper to live out this wonderful blessing as a disciple of jesus and a possessor of the spirit of the only true god i pray today that the disciples that are listening are encouraged by the truth of who you are and what you can and will accomplish in and through their lives as disciples of jesus I lift each and every one of them up to you in love, and I ask on behalf of those who have yet to receive the blessing of your presence in their being. I may not be able to physically lay my hands on each and every one of them, but as your word says, with people it is impossible, and it is impossible for me to be in all the hearts you direct this Godcast to. But I ask, knowing the truth of your word, but not with God, for all things are possible with you. Move mightily in their lives as they hear my prayer for them. Guide someone who is searching for the way, the truth, and the life. Please open their heart like you did for Lydia in Thyatira and give them the ability to respond to the things spoken to them today. Lead them as sons of God. Fill them with your presence. As the disciple of Jesus, send them out, regardless of where they may be residing, or the challenges they may be facing, or the limitations they may think they possess. Remove all fear or apprehension that may have them bound, so the truth of the only true God and Jesus Christ will continue to go on and on and on. Fall upon them this day, as you have on the initial disciples, and every disciple since so they will proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so they may present every man complete in Christ I thank you today I thank you for your spirit I thank you for your truth and work and I ask all of these things in love and in Jesus name amen well thanks for tuning in to diving deep with DL the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.